Hi, my name's Alex and welcome to Tall Tales and Other Stories, classics for kids of all ages. This is the place you can come to listen to all sorts of tall tales, from wicked giants to naughty hens, boring badgers or brave knights. There'll be some stories you already know and so many others you're soon to discover. If you fancy a bedtime story, we'll have those, as well as stories for long, boring car journeys, or classics retold and nonsense poems. Something for everyone, I think. Now remember, there are no pictures in podcasts, so you must imagine these stories in your mind. You can imagine them any way you want to, because that's the beauty of reading. All right, here we go. Now, some stories are very long, so you can stop and restart the story at any time. I'll leave a pause between chapters, so if you want to press pause, that seems like an obvious place to do it. A pause with a pause. All right, let's go. The Tale of Henrietta Hen by Arthur Scott Bailey A Speckled Beauty Henrietta Hen thought highly of herself. Not only did she consider herself a speckled beauty, to use her own words, but she had an excellent opinion of her own ways, her own ideas, even of her own belongings. When she pulled a fat worm or grub out of the ground, she did it with an air of pride, and she was almost sure to say, Meh, I'd like to see anybody else find a bigger one than that. Of course, it wouldn't really have pleased her at all to have one of her neighbours do better than she did. That was only her way of boasting that no one could beat her. If anyone happened to mention speckles, Henrietta Hen was certain to speak of her own, claiming that they were the handsomest and most speckly to be found in Pleasant Valley. And if a person chanced to say anything about combs, Henrietta never failed to announce that hers was the reddest and most beautiful in the whole world. Nobody could ever find out how she knew that. She had never been off the farm, but it was useless to remind her that she had never travelled. Such a remark only made her angry. Having such a good opinion of herself, Henrietta Hen always had a great deal to talk about. She kept up a constant cluck from dawn till dusk. It made no difference to her whether she happened to be alone or with friends. She talked just the same though naturally she preferred to have others hear what she said, because she considered her remarks most important. There were times when Henrietta Hen took pains that all her neighbours should hear her. She was never so proud as when she had a newly laid egg to exhibit. Then an ordinary cluck was not loud enough to express her feelings. To announce such important news, Henrietta Hen never failed to raise her voice in a high-pitched This interesting speech she always repeated several times, for she wanted everybody to know that Henrietta Hen had laid another of her famous eggs. After such an event, she always went about asking people if they had heard the news, just as if they could have helped hearing her silly racket. Now, it sometimes happened, when she was on such an errand, that Henrietta Hen met with snubs. Now and then her question... Have you heard the news? Brought some such sallies as these. Polly Plymouth Rock has just laid an enormous egg. Have you seen it? Or maybe... Oh, don't be disappointed, Henrietta. Somebody has to lay the littlest ones. Such jibes were certain to make Henrietta Hen lose her temper. And she would talk very fast, and alas, very loud too, 
about jealous neighbours and how unpleasant it was to live among folk that were so stingy of their praise that they couldn't say a good word for the finest eggs that ever were seen. On such occasions, Henrietta Hen generally talked in a lofty way about moving to the village to live. They would think enough of my eggs down there, she would boast. Boiled, fried, poached, scrambled or for an omelette, my eggs can't be beaten. If the villagers can't beat your eggs, they certainly can't use them for omelettes, Polly Plymouth Rock told Henrietta one day. Everybody knows you have to beat eggs to make an omelette. Henrietta Hen didn't know what to say to that. It was almost the only time she was ever known to be silent. A fine family. Henrietta Hen's neighbours paid little attention to her boasting because they had to listen to it so often. At last, however, there came a day when she set up such a cackling as they had never heard from her before. She kept calling out at the top of her lungs, Come, come, see what I've got! Come, come, see what I've got! And she acted even more important than ever until her friends began to say to one another, What can Henrietta be so proud about? If it's only another egg, she's making a terrible fuss about it. They decided at last that if they were to have any peace, they'd better go and look at whatever it was that Henrietta Hen was squawking about. So they went, in a body, to the place where she had her nest in the haymow. When Henrietta caught sight of her visitors, she set up a greater clamour than ever. Mm, well, well, cried the oldest of the party, a rather sharp-tongued dame with white feathers. What's all this hubbub about? And then they learned what it was that Henrietta wanted them to see. Did you ever set eyes on such a fine family? She demanded as she stepped aside from her nest and let them peer into it. Hmm, a brood of chicks, eh? said the lady in white. Well, what's all that noise about then? Henrietta Hen turned her back on her questioner. I knew you'd all want to have a look at these prize youngsters, she said to the rest of the company. You'll agree with me, of course, that there were never any other chicks as handsome as these. Henrietta's neighbours all crowded up to gaze upon the soft balls of down. This is the first family you've hatched, isn't it? Polly Plymouth Rock inquired. Henrietta Hen said that it was her first brood. Her neighbours wanted to be pleasant, so they told her that her children were as fine youngsters as anybody could ask for. And the old white dame, squinting at the nestlings, said to Henrietta, Hmm, they're the finest you've ever had, but there's one of them that has a queer look. All the other visitors tried to hush her up. Shh! They didn't want to hurt Henrietta Hen's feelings. It was her first brood of chicks, and they could forgive her for thinking them the best in the whole world. So when they saw that old Whitey intended to be disagreeable, they began to cluck their approval of the youngsters, hoping that Henrietta wouldn't notice what Whitey said. Nor did she. Henrietta Hen was altogether too pleased with herself and her new family to pay much attention to anybody else's remarks. I hope, said Henrietta, that you'll all come to see my family often. As the youngsters grow, I'm sure they'll get handsomer every day. The neighbours thanked her, and crowding about old Whitey, they moved away. Old Whitey just had to go too. She couldn't help spluttering a little. Mm, What a vain, empty-headed creature Henrietta Hen is, she exclaimed. She doesn't know that one of her brood is nothing but a duckling. Wet Feet Somehow, Henrietta Hen never noticed that one of her brood was different from the rest. They were her first youngsters, 
and they all looked beautiful to her. Just as soon as Henrietta began to take her children for strolls about the farmyard, she taught them a number of things. She showed them how to scratch in the dirt for food, how to drink by raising their heads and letting the water trickle down their throats. She bade them beware of hawks, and of Miss Kitty Cat too, and she was always warning them to keep their feet dry. Water's good for nothing except to drink, Henrietta informed her chicks. Some strange people, like old dog Spot, jump right into it, and how they manage to keep well is more than I can understand. Dust baths are the only safe ones. So much did she fear water that Henrietta Hen wouldn't even let her children walk in the grass until the sun had dried the morning's dew, and the first sprinkle of rain was enough to send her scurrying for cover, calling frantically for her chicks to hurry. Now, there was one of her family that always lagged behind when the raindrops began to fall, and often Henrietta had fairly to drive him away from a puddle of water. She sometimes remarked with a sigh that he gave her more trouble than all of the rest of her children together. This was the youngster that Mrs. Hen's neighbours told one another was different from his brothers and sisters. But poor Henrietta Hen only knew that he was unusually hard to manage. As her family grew bigger, Henrietta Hen took them on longer strolls, always casting a careful eye aloft now and then, lest some hawk should swoop down upon her darlings. And though no hawk tried to surprise her, something happened one day that gave Henrietta almost as great a fright as any cruel hawk could have caused her. They had strayed down by the duck pond, had Henrietta and her children, stopping here and there to scratch for some tidbit or to flutter in an inviting dust heap. Once they had reached the bank of the pond, Henrietta began to wish she hadn't brought her family in that direction, for one of the youngsters, the one that never would hurry in out of the rain, insisted on toddling down to the water's edge. Come away this instant, Henrietta shrieked as soon as she noticed where he was. You'll get your feet wet, the first thing you know. She never said anything truer than that. The words were scarcely out of her bill when the odd member of her family flung himself into the water. Or to be more exact, he flung himself upon it, for he floated on the surface as easily as a chip and began to paddle about as if he had swum all his life. Oh, come back, come back, Henrietta Hen shrieked. You'll be drowned and you'll get your feet wet. A swimmer. Henrietta Hen ran as fast as she could down the bank and stood as near to the water as she dared, cackling loudly and flapping her wings. Her child, who was swimming in the duck pond, seemed to have no intention of minding her, nor did he seem to have any intention of drowning, and as for getting his feet wet, he acted as if he liked that. What should I do? Oh, what should I do? Henrietta Hen squawked. She made so much noise that some of her neighbours came a-running to see what was the matter. And as soon as they discovered what had happened, they began to laugh. We may as well tell you, they said to Henrietta Hen, that that chap out there is a duckling. The water won't hurt him. Henrietta Hen gasped and gaped. She was astonished, but she soon pulled herself together, and it was just like her to begin to boast. See? She cried to her friends and waved a wing toward the water with an air of pride. There isn't one of you that has a child that can beat him swimming. I should hope not, said Polly Plymouth Rock with a shrug of her fine shoulders. And all the others agreed that they wanted no swimmers in their families. 
Henrietta Hen announced that she was sorry for them. Every brood, she declared, should have at least one swimmer in it. And she began to strut up and down the edge of the duck pond, clucking in a most overbearing fashion. Really, she had never felt quite so important before, not even when her first brood pecked their way out of their shells. There's nothing quite like swimming, Henrietta Hen remarked with a silly smirk. If it weren't for getting my feet wet, I'd be tempted to learn myself. No doubt my son could teach me. Your son, the old white hen sniffed. He's not your son, Henrietta Hen. Somebody played a joke on you. Somebody's put a duck's egg under you while you were hatching your eggs. And I think I can guess who it was that did it. For just a moment, Henrietta Hen stood still. The news almost took her breath away. Her comb trembled on the top of her head. She even stopped clucking, and she looked from one to another of her companions, as if in hopes of finding one face at least that looked doubtful. Alas, everybody appeared to agree with old Whitey. If this is so, Henrietta muttered at last, it's strange nobody ever noticed before that there was a duckling in my brood. We knew from the very first, Polly Plymouth Rock told her. You were the only one in the farm that didn't see that one of your family was different from the rest. All this time, the young duckling was swimming farther and farther away. He seemed to have forgotten all about his foster mother. Henrietta Hen took one last look at him. She guessed that she might have stood there forever cackling for him to come back, and he wouldn't have paid the slightest heed to her. Then she gathered her children, her really own, about her. Come, she said to them, we'll go back home now. What about him? they demanded, pointing to the truant duckling who was bobbing about on the rippling water. Aren't you going to make him come too? No, said their mother, we're well rid of him. He's been more trouble to me than all the rest of you. To tell the truth, I never liked him very well. Caught by Mr Crow It wasn't far to the edge of the cornfield from the farmyard fence and Henrietta Hen was quick to discover that the freshly ploughed and harrowed field offered a fine place to scratch for all kinds of worms and bugs and grubs. Not being what you might call a wise bird, like old Mr Crow, Henrietta didn't know that Farmer Green had carefully planted corn in that field, in long rows. She did exclaim, however, that she was in great luck when now and then she unearthed a few kernels of corn. But she wasn't looking for corn. She merely ate it when she happened to find any. It is no wonder, then, that she was amazed when a hoarse voice suddenly cried right in her ear almost, You're, you're a thief, and you can't deny it. She jumped. How could she have helped it? And the voice exclaimed, There, you're guilty or you'd never have jumped like that. Turning, Henrietta saw that a black, beady-eyed gentleman was staring at her sternly. It takes Mr. Crow to catch him, he croaked. He can tell a corn thief half a mile away. All this time, Henrietta Hen hadn't said a word. At first, she was too surprised, and afterward, she was too angry. Why don't you speak? he demanded. He dearly loved a quarrel, and somehow it wasn't much fun quarrelling with anybody when the other party wouldn't say a word. Still, Henrietta Hen didn't open her mouth. She puzzled Mr Crow. He even forgot his rage, for it always made him angry if anybody but himself scratched up any corn. What's the matter with you? he asked. What's the reason you don't speak? I'm too proud to talk to you, said Henrietta Hen. I don't care to be speaking to you, sir. (laughs) Mr Crow exploded. Don't you think I'm as good as you are? No, 
said Henrietta Hen. No, I don't. Mr. Crow was all for arguing with her. He began to tell Henrietta many things about himself. How he had spent dozens of summers in Pleasant Valley. What a great traveller he was. How far he could fly in a day. There was no end to his boasting. Yet Henrietta Hen never looked the least bit interested. Indeed, she began scratching for worms while he was talking. And that made the old fellow angrier than ever. Don't you dare eat another kernel of corn, he thundered. If you do, I'll have to tell Farmer Green. He feeds me corn every day. Cracked corn, said Henrietta. Well, I never, cried Mr. Crow. What's he thinking of wasting good corn like that? Well, I really, I mustn't be seen talking with you, Henrietta Hen told Mr. Crow. If you want to know the answer to your question, come over to the barnyard and ask the rooster. He'll give you an answer that you won't like. And then she walked away with stately steps. Mr. Crow watched her with a baleful gleam in his eyes. He knew well enough what Henrietta meant. The rooster would rather fight him than not. And though Mr. Crow loved a quarrel, he never cared to indulge in anything more dangerous than harsh words. I don't know what the farm's coming to, he croaked. Here's Farmer Green wasting corn on such as her, and cracking it for her too. So saying, the old gentleman turned his back on Henrietta Hen, who was already fluttering through the farmyard fence. And thereupon, he scratched up enough corn for a hearty meal, grumbling meanwhile because it wasn't cracked for him. Somehow, he muttered, I can't help wishing I was a speckled hen. Tall Tales and Other Stories is performed and produced by me, Alexander McTavish, from stories told long ago. There's a world of stories out there, so why not make your own? Now, we're just getting started, so might I suggest that you like and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. I'm going to post lots and lots of stories, but as J.K. Rowling says, she's a super famous author, by the way, there's no story unless someone wants to listen. So it's up to you to take the lead and hit subscribe. And if you like these stories, please share them with your friends and leave a review. Better yet, why not go to my website at talltalesandotherstories.com and tell me your story. It doesn't have to be a long one, and I might even read out my favourites each week. 